fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market laissez-faire capitalist society allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. You are darn right it is. Hey, welcome into The Voice of Reason. It is a brand new week, a brand new day, the greatest day of the week. A Monday setting the tone for the entire week, getting you pumped up, ready to go. This is the day where you play the recap from the weekend. You get your mode on what you're going to do, and I, I love it. So welcome in. Although I am hurting a lot, really bad, I was out in the sun a little bit too much over the weekend. So, little voice of reason, for those that don't know, last week turned officially eight years old. I know, it is mind-blowing to me as well. She officially turned eight, and she wanted to have a birthday party with her friends. Well, she wanted to have a pool party with her friends. Last weekend didn't work because the pool was still under construction. They were trying to get uh, get things up and going. So, we had it this last weekend, and... Mr. Viking glow-in-the-dark white guy that I am was out there way too long. And no, I do not believe in sunscreen, so don't even ask me about it. Because sunscreen... Look, we had 150,000 years of the human species that lived outside, and they never had sunscreen. Now, they also died at the age of 40 years old, but I don't care. (laughs) They didn't use sunscreen, and therefore I'm not going to use it either because I don't agree with or believe in sunscreen in any way, shape, or form. So I did not use sunscreen, and being outside... In the sun, uh, the majority of the day on Saturday this past weekend, I am fried. And if you're watching the video feed, you can see it. You can see my face. And now, the forehead hopefully should be okay. I'm more painful with the neck right now. The neck and the shoulders all day long with the shirt rubbing on the top of my shoulders has been excruciating. So all of you that let me show up to work and do my job, you're welcome. Yeah, I'm I'm just throwing it out there. Because it's a little painful right now. So I, there's actually been an ice pack in the freezer at work here where I've been having it sit on top of my shoulders all day just to try and relieve some of the stingingness that's been going on. This Tonight when I get home, I get to put on the wet ice towel with a little bit of a vinegar and apple cider vinegar that actually draws out the stingingness and the heat. And hopefully it'll turn into a nice tan and not actually peel and be really gross. That's the goal. So we'll see if it actually happens or not. Welcome into the show. It's great to have you along for the ride today. Hopefully you had a wonderful weekend as well. Broadcasting live out of the extremely hot and uh, heated visored Wichita, Kansas with our flagship radio station all over the country, radio, TV, live streaming and podcasting. No guests today. You and I just chit in the chat. We have a lot of guests lined up for this week. So today I really wanted to focus on just you and I having an intimate moment to talk about some issues that really needed to be talked about. Obviously, with some stuff that happened over the weekend where the media is giddy and Democrats are giddy and even some Republicans are absolutely giddy to where they think that a compromise has been met when it comes to gun legislation in Washington, D.C. I, I know. I know. So can we just take the elephant in the room here and address that first, please, in our latest and what's trending? What's trending today? Let me ask you something. If you have a bipartisan agreement between the two major political parties of a country, and I'm just I'm not just talking about the United States here, I'm talking about just in general in a philosophical sense. 
because I really want to hone this in and talk about it in a rational manner because there are some that are like, oh, this doesn't go far enough. Others that are like, you're just a crazy purist and you just don't want to have any conversation because you're a closed-minded bigot and you just want kids to like die in slaughters and shootings and everything. So I want to have a rational, reasonable conversation about gun legislation and gun control because according to the polls, which is inaccurate, but according to the polls that the media has been saying, that the average American wants rational, reasonable, and quote-unquote common sense gun control. Now, they can explain what common sense or rational gun control actually is. They just want something done, which really shows that they're reaching out to the ill-informed voter to just say, hey, this is a problem. Why don't you guys fix it? And therefore, the gun control is the fix when it doesn't actually do anything. So I want to have a rational conversation about this on what it actually means and what it actually does and what this bill actually does and whether you would be for this or not. But I ask you the philosophical question. If tyranny is compromised on between two political parties of a nation, does it still make it tyranny? Kind of like if the fall trees in the woods and no one's there to hear it, does it actually still make a sound? Well, is it still tyranny if both parties come to the compromise to agree on the bill as a watered-down version of tyranny? Then is it still tyranny? The answer to that would be a resounding yes, it is still tyranny. (laughs) Kind of a rhetorical question, but I want to kick it off in that sense. Here's another one for you. And I really think this puts this into a more perspective for guns in general. If a terrorist blows up a car and they used a backpack to put the bomb into to blow up the car, when we try to figure out what to do thereafter to make sure terrorists can't blow up cars any longer, do you focus on the terrorist and why they're actually dealing uh, with wanting to blow up a car and try to stop them from the action? Or do you go out and pass legislation to ban backpacks in the community? This is what gun legislation does. Now, Andy, that's a very broad spectrum uh, to anecdotal comment there. You need to have more detail about what this bill is because there's some common sense in there. So for those that don't know, there's been a U.S. Senate panel, 10 Democrats, 10 Republicans. Ironically, they need 10 Republicans to pass this bill because we still have a filibuster supermajority of 60 votes for them to beat that threshold. So they need 10 Republicans to get on board with any type of gun legislation. So therefore, ironically, they they have a 20-person panel, 10 Democrats, 10 Republicans, where they've been hashing it out, and they came to a consensus. Now, it is not a bill that has been physically written yet. It is an opinion on what should go into a bill where Republicans and Democrats have come to a semi-agreement that this could potentially happen in the U.S. Senate. Because if it passes in the Senate, it'll pass very easily in the House, and Joe Biden will sign it. We could have a bill by the end of this week if they wanted to push it that hard. Which is very scary to me, because ramming through the fast and furious mindset of the Barack Obama administration is what got us into a lot of heat on different pieces of legislation. But they want to get something done really for political means for election time, but we'll get into that in a little bit, but also because people are angry and want something done for a feel-good bill to feel like they've done something and accomplished something when it comes to stopping children from being shot in the classroom. So what does this bill actually entail? According to U.S. News, in a major breakthrough for gun safety advocates, a bipartisan team of senators on Sunday announced they build as a common-sense legislative package that would encourage red flag laws create the first federal aid, uh, federal law against gun trafficking and straw purchasing and enhance background checks for firearm buyers under the age of 21. They go on to show how Republicans became victorious, and I use that in air quotes for my radio listeners, air quotes of how they were victorious in stopping some of the Democrat agendas. The package does not include 
a ban on assault weapons, or implement universal background checks, as was sought by President Joe Biden, fellow Democrats, and families of gun violence victims after the horrific mass shootings at a Buffalo, New York grocery store and a Uvalde, Texas elementary school. So, just those first two paragraphs, can we break this down for a second? The common sense gun legislation would encourage red flag laws. That is the number one sign to where if any Republican supports this bill in any way, shape, or form, they need to be recalled out of their office immediately, and we need to shut that crap down. Andy, what's a red flag law? The red flag law essentially says, and they say that they're going to put restrictions on this, but you know that's not true. You get a liberal progressive judge in a district court uh, where they don't like firearms, and they get a case where someone comes up and says, hey, Joe Bob's been at work for the last month. He's been kind of going through a bout of depression, hasn't been doing well with his sales. Maybe he's in sales and his numbers are down. He's not hitting his quotas. He's fallen into kind of a depressed mode. He's had some family issues as well, you know, and he still tries to put on a smile, but he's a potential threat to himself. He could commit suicide because the economy's taking a downturn. He's not hitting his sales quotas. He's kind of getting into a bind. He's either going to do something dangerous to somebody else or he's going to harm himself. We need a court order for law enforcement to go and knock on his door without him being able to be aware of this or defend himself in any way, shape, or form, getting rid of due process completely, knock on their door, and have law enforcement go in and confiscate all of his firearms to make sure that he doesn't harm himself. That's a red flag law. And regardless of whatever parameters they try to put into the red flag laws that could potentially pass at the federal level, that's what it comes down to. And even with the tied-in restrictions... Take that opportunity to a district court judge who gets to put the rubber stamp on it or not, who despises the Second Amendment, who despises guns, who's been probably nominated by the uh, Biden administration or the Obama administration, who's a far left activist judge, and see how they respond to something like this. So as soon as they mention red flag laws, nope, done, over. There should be no more conversation in any way, shape, or form. That is not something to negotiate on. It is not something to compromise on. Nothing. The rest of the bill is just stupid. It creates a first federal law against gun trafficking. I'm pretty sure that if you traffic anything illegally, it's against the law. Why do we need specifically one against guns? That's a feel-good part of the bill. For someone to say, oh, hey, look at that. We now have the wording of banning gun trafficking. Well, guess what? If you human traffic, if you traffic drugs, if you traffic guns, if you traffic anything where it's not going through the commercial private sector of the U.S. economy to where you go to a store or you go and you show the purchase license of it and you purchase it and then you have it registered. If you don't do that stuff, it's already illegal. You know what that's going to do with gun trafficking? with the openness of what they're going to try and pass in this bill if they and when they try to write this bill, is it's going to come down to, hey, Bob has a 12-gauge shotgun. His neighbor, Phil, wants the 12-gauge shotgun because he's short, he wants to go hunting this season, and Bob, who just purchased a brand-new 12-gauge shotgun, wants to get rid of his old one. Phil, on the other side of the fence, says, I'll give you 200 bucks for that bad boy. They do the transaction over the fence. That, according to this, would be considered gun trafficking and illegal because that's what Democrats want. This bill is stupid. This idea is stupid. Enhancing background checks for firearm buyers under the age of 21. Again, they come out and say, well, look at that. We're not stopping 21-year-olds from purchasing firearms, even long rifles, even the AR-15 that's really, really scary. But let me ask you something. You already have background checks. What would an enhanced background check look like? 
Show of hands. Anybody know what an enhanced background check actually means? What that actually does? What is that? You're 18 years old. How much of a background could you potentially have? Unless you've been through, uh, it's, it, what is it? All the, uh, all the, you've been through, um, I, I want to say rehab, but you've been through all the, uh, the kids' jail or you were expelled from school a whole bunch of times, which you would think would already show up on your background check that you originally do. What else could you potentially find? Juvenile Hall is what I was thinking of. If you've been through some of those, I'm sure those already show up on a background check. What could you possibly need with an enhanced background check? And what does that actually mean? There are two things that this bill does. It is to reinforce things that are already on the books to make people feel good because apparently we have to pass a law to tell us to follow the laws that are already there. And it expands the control through red flag laws and other things that are extremely dangerous to the Second Amendment industry and to gun owners in general. And for them to come out and say that this is a compromise, this is the middle of the road, this is how we can all come together to try and fight something, this is the distraction from a real issue that will do absolutely zero zilch nada to stop mass shootings. Nothing to stop gun crime in the country. Now, they also talk about how it enforces mental health illness and it tries to invest in some of that. Okay, great, cool. Do that. Get rid of the gun stuff and do that. Focus on the real issues here. Focus on the mental health problems. Focus on the family values. Focus on the American values. Focus on things that can actually do something because believe it or not, Democrats, we as conservatives and gun owners, we want to stop mass shootings. We want to protect children. We want to do something positive. And anytime you distract yourself from talking about guns, you've completely erased any opportunity to do something the productive. Of reason with Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here, reminding you not only can you listen to the Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring the Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. Again, that's HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com.
Bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Oh my gosh, every time I turn over to look at the video as I do the video transition slides for our uh, video feeds for TV and online streaming, I see how red my neck is. And no, it's not just like, you know, like the color on the camera. It's actually legitimately that way. Plus, the fact that, you know, over the last three years, I, which I never thought in my life that I would do, I'd actually grow out my hair a little bit, and I have long hair in the back. I literally feel like a David Allen Coe song right now with my long hair just can't cover up my redneck. <laughs> it's it's happening right before my eyes, and I never thought it would <laughs> happen before. Welcome back into the program. 24 minutes past the hour, radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting. I want you to think about two things about this bill, and then we'll shift gears a little bit. I don't want to sp- uh, spend the entire show on guns, but this is extremely important because the first and the second amendments are some of the two most, not that the other ones aren't important, but there's some of the two most important ones because when those go away, then all the other ones just kind of topple. And the second amendment is obviously one of the most important. And as they try to chip away at it little by little, there is no negotiating. There is no compromising. There is no working with a radical left group that is at the end of the day wants to take the guns away. Andy, you're being a little hyperbolic there, aren't you? They're just trying to compromise and find ways to stop shootings. And this is a reasonable way to try and create a little bit more protection so that way people that want to do bad stuff have a harder time getting firearms, right? That's what most are saying. And some that are in the middle of the road that are unsure about this issue, that as they as they try and find happy medium ways of let's just get along to do something, I'd like to remind you that every single Democrat in Congress that has supported this bill says it's a great first step. Investing in mental health and then the background checks, the extended background checks or enhanced background checks for 18 year olds don't know what that actually entails. Opening up the door for red flag laws across the nation. That's not where they want to end. It's the great first step because the ultimate goal is what Michael Moore just said on a pod or on MSNBC just over the weekend. Um, we need a moratorium, perhaps on gun sales. Um, we need to, who will say on this network or any other network in the next few days, it's time to repeal the Second Amendment. Hmm. Oh, you can't say that. Well, why not? Why not? If, if I, I truly believe if Jefferson and Washington and Madison, if they all knew that, that the bullet would be invented some 50 years after our revolution, I don't know if they would have written it that way. They didn't no. even know what a <laughs> bullet was. It didn't exist to the 1830s. If they had any idea that there would be this kind of carnage, you have to believe that the founders of this country wouldn't support it. I want to remind you how actually stupid that um, comment actually is. First off, there were bullets. They were muskets, but they were metal balls that you dropped into a rifle and shot with black powder to shoot at long distances to do something, whether it was to defend someone, to harm somebody, or to hunt an animal. The bullet is a piece of metal that's just shaped so that way it has more accuracy. It's the same damn thing. Second off, if that's true, where the bullet that they try to categorize happened in the early 1800s, I would like to remind, said Michael Moore, who's not the brightest man in the face of the earth and has taken advantage of the free market capitalist system for years, making documentaries ripping on the free market capitalist system and then profiting from that with his latest documentary a few years back called Capitalism, where he went to private theaters and made close to $2 million off of that documentary. I would like to remind him that the Bill of Rights that includes the Second Amendment wasn't even included into the Constitution until the early 1800s. 
because while they signed the Constitution with the hopes of it happening, it took them years for it to actually happen because there was political discourse for them to actually stop that. So that is the the most stupid, ignorant statement that I've ever heard from him, and that's saying something because he's a loony. you got to remember two things. It's political season, and they want to do something for the election, and the Democrats have nothing to run on. So therefore... They're going to do something to make the voters feel good so that way they can actually run on doing something to actually stop mass shooting. Second off, this is the door that blows everything wide open for them to pass gun regulations down the road if they choose to pursue that, which they will. If they have any power, which they will at some point, whether it's next year or years down the road. And it just opens up the whole door with an entirely new platform. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government censorship and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media. When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Halfway through the program already on the home stretch, and we haven't even scratched the surface of everything we need to talk about. So welcome back into the program, trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five-pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time. Always great to have you along for the ride, radio, TV, live streaming and podcasting. As we kind of wrap up this gun discussion with this bill, I unfortunately do believe that this will go through. We had the panel, which they conveniently put 10 Republicans, 10 Democrats on to try and find the quote-unquote compromise, which why would you make a deal with the devil if you know what the devil's ultimate end goal is when you just walk away and say, "Uh uh-uh, we want nothing to do with you in any way, shape, or form. Andy, that's not partisanship. That's not what we do in this country. It is when they are so radical that there's nothing rational about them any longer, which is unfortunate. And I wish we could sit down at the table and have a rational conversation and come to a good compromise, a real compromise, like we used to do back in the day. Remember during, what, the late 1800s, the Great Compromise, when we actually came with the compromise that was the Constitution with those that were the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists. We've made a lot of compromise, which makes this great nation. But there are core values that you do not compromise on or negotiate on because once those core values are gone, then that's it. There's nothing left. And the Second Amendment is one of those. But I feel that we are going to get this thing passed. And I fear that the Republicans are even in support of this bill as Fox News. Here's the headline from Fox News. Senate Republicans who struck deal with Democrats fought off push to raise assault weapons purchase age to 21. Meaning, hey, good job, Republicans. 
you were able to stop that happening. So this is a relatively good bill. We compromised, and we were able to stop them from banning the purchase of long rifles to those under the age of 21. GOP senators who negotiated this weekend's deal on gun legislation rejected several Democrat proposals, including an assault weapons ban for those under the age of 21, as they helped shape an agreement lawmakers believe can become law. Sounds like Fox News is on board with this as well. An aide for Senator John Cornyn, who is not a conservative in any way, shape, or form, by the way. That's me talking, not Fox News, who led the talks on the matter, told Fox News that among Democrat ideals, Republicans shut down the assault weapons ban for 18 to 21-year-olds and a mandatory waiting period for all gun sales. <laughs> I never understood that one, too. Hey, you're going to buy a gun. You have to wait three days before you can pick it up. What? Am I going to change my mind in three days? You know... I guess not. Don't want to go through the hassle. Maybe that would work in today's age with how lazy most Americans are. Uh, just, nah, you know what? I don't want to go pick it up in three days. I want it right now or else I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. Makes no sense to me, but okay. Uh, they do that, by the way, in banking as well. If you try and get a mortgage, the bank gives you like a three-day uh, day of rescind, uh, what is it, uh, rescinding period where they come through and, hey, if you don't want this money, then you can come back and you can cancel it within three days. Okay, thanks. I don't know anybody who actually came back and said, you know, I don't know that I want to do this. But apparently that changes some people's minds or something. Also on the list of Democrat proposals, uh, there were 21-day waiting periods for those under 21 when buying any firearm, high-capacity magazine bans, universal background checks, safe storage requirements for all firearms in homes. <laughs> Good luck enforcing something like that. Criminal penalties for not storing firearms properly in the home and a license requirement to purchase an assault weapon. So, yeah, we stopped a lot of stuff in the bill. Cool. We shouldn't be having the conversation in the first place. But with all of the shenanigans going on, again, here's the philosophical question. Who gives the federal government power? Let's think about that for a second. Who actually gives the federal government power? It's the states. Let's go all the way back when, according to Michael Moore, that Yahoo. Um, we need a moratorium, perhaps, on gun sales. Um, we need to, who will say on this network or any other network in the next few days, it's time to repeal the Second Amendment? Hmm. Oh, you can't say that. Well, why not? Why not? They, if, if I, I truly believe if Jefferson and Washington and Madison, if they all knew that, that the bullet would be invented. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. So we need to re repeal the Second Amendment. Uh, okay, good luck with that. Who in their right mind thinks that the federal government holds all the power. And this is what Democrats really say. Joe Biden's even said it. But who gives the federal government power? It's the states. When we created the Constitution, it was the sovereign states that said, you know what, we're going to make this all united under one nation, and we're going to give the government a little bit of power so we can do our thing, they can do their thing, and everything's wonderful, this whole idea of federalism with the states versus the federal government. It's still an ongoing battle because the progressives especially don't understand the Tenth Amendment that if it specifically, very specifically, does not say you have the power to oversee this or regulate this, then it defaults back to the states, which means really any type of social program or any type of like Social Security or retirement, any type of food snap program, any type of uh, health care industry, Anything like that that the federal government specifically is not allowed to touch based on the Constitution should be regulated and gone back to the states. But the Democrats have gone so far in the radical sense that they don't understand that, which is why they say we all just yield our rights to the federal government. How could I be the president of the United States of America and not speak out 
against the violation of human rights. I told him that unlike other countries, including Russia, we're uniquely a product of an idea. You've heard me say this before again and again, but I'm going to keep saying it. What's that idea? We don't derive our rights from the government. We possess them because we're born, period. And we yield them to a government. <laughs> we're born with them, and then we just yield them and give them up to the government. That's what Joe Biden says. We're just born. They don't give us our rights, except for we're born with them, and then we just yield them to the federal government. Here, government, here's what we have. We're willingly just going to give you all of our rights, and you just do what you will with them. That's the mindset of the progressives today, or that was just Joe Biden being Joe Biden. But there is hope. With all of this conversation, there is some positivity and some hope, because I'm an eternal optimist. I'm a you know glass-half-full kind of guy all the time. Here's what we do to counter this. While I truly believe that this bill could pass with Republicans supporting this, oh, this is a great compromise. We found a middle of the road here. There are ways that we can counter this, and it is the states, the ones that formed the federal government, the ones that yield their power and their right to the federal government all the time. And this is what's important. Number one, the legislatures at the statewide levels have to have the spine to pass bills for protections at the statewide level, which is why, you know, your uh, statewide gun organization where I'm at the Kansas State Rifle Association, which I'm a board member of, or the Gun Owners of America, or all these different groups that have different chapters in different states that help with legislation, you need to be a member of them and you need to be supportive of them to try and get legislation passed at the statewide level. So when they do try to pass these things, we say, "Uh uh-uh, We have our own laws. The Second Amendment says that it shall not be infringed, period, end of story, and then any other requirements default back down to the statewide level. That's number one. For example, Newsmax reports that the state of Ohio. Now, Ohio is kind of a wishy-washy state. I obviously grew up there. That's where my majority of my family was still from. And they're kind of a very purple, weird state. John Kasich uh, was the governor there for a while. Now, Governor Mike DeWine, he's not the strongest guy on two-way issues, but he's trying. According to Newsmax.com, is as of today, they've signed a bill that significantly lowers the amount of training that teachers and other school staffers must undergo in order to carry a firearm on school grounds. As we look at alternatives, I know other ideas other than just centralizing the government's power. Looking at alternative ideas to a, be able to make school safer. We can beef up security, we can train teachers, we can have more armed security, we can do something other than just saying, government, please take care of our schools for us, because you can see how efficient they are. They pass that at the statewide level. That's a huge win for us. Other states need to do the same thing. We need to increase the amount of programs that allow teachers to be able to arm and have a a firearm and actually be trained in doing so with crisis situations and run through a lot of those scenarios as well. We need to have some of the money. Uh, my senator here from Kansas, Roger Marshall, he's trying to propose that the un, the leftover money for schools and public schools all over the nation, worth of like, what, one, one and a half trillion dollars, that we could allot some of that to school security. Why the hell haven't we done that before? Why was that not like one of the thir- first things? Hey, there's school shootings. We're very concerned. We don't need to increase the amount of you know uh, sanitizing wipes that we have at the school for COVID. Let's actually beef up security a little bit. Why is that a difficult thing to comprehend? Instead, let's ignore that. Let's do the centralization of power at the federal level, get rid of guns for more individuals and think that's going to solve something. Doesn't make any sense. The other thing that we can do 
is to focus on going into election season in your state, whatever state you may be in, is to focus on the attorney general's election. Make sure that the attorney general in your state is a solid Republican, a solid conservative, because we have to fight this on the legal front. As soon as they implement any type of law like this, this is where the states step in, they challenge it constitutionally and legally, and then they stall it, they stop it, they kill it, because the states have the right and the power. We're the ones that give up that right to the federal government, and we're the ones that choose what is given up at the federal level. As Joe Biden said, we yield our rights to the federal government. That's for the individual and for the states. It's time for us to not yield that any longer and take it back, because when states are just doing their own things, the federal government's powerless. Hey, we're going to cut off that funding if you don't do that. Okay, great. We already have a supplemental plan in place at our statewide level. We don't need your funding because just like a mobster, when you take their money, you also take their control for them to be able to bully you around and do their bidding. And we're tired of doing that. So we can win, and I am optimistic. We can pass pro-Second Amendment legislation at the at the statewide levels. We can become gun, quote-unquote, sanctuary states, and not just on guns, by the way. We can do this on the critical race theory. We can do this on social programs. We can do this on health care. We can do this on the LGBT thing. We can do it on any issue. Pass the legislation at the statewide level. Have the attorney generals willing to fight for it and defend it at the statewide level against the federal government and see how powerless the federal government actually becomes. Andy, that's a radical position. Well, no, it's a constitutional position. And I hope that really clears up some of the conversation about finding a happy medium, a compromise, working across the aisle, because we know what their agenda is. Michael Moore said it, and he's still one of the faces of the Democrat Party right now. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here, reminding you not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. Again, that's HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com.
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. I am, I reiterate this all the time, being the excited, half glass half full optimist that I am. I am so excited about the things we are doing. Seeing some of the comments in the social media chat rooms and uh, things that we're talking about here. Yes, we are winning. And even if they try to ram some of this down our throats, we can still win overall by focusing on the states, by passing state legislation, by having attorney generals that will actually fight this stuff and challenge federal law in court and trying to bring the power back to the statewide level. Ohio right now easing up some of those requirements for teachers in the schools so teachers can get trained and can carry a firearm and can defend in case something actually does happen. There's the law in Pennsylvania, according to Newsmax.com as well, where Pennsylvania is now trying to propose a bill similar to Florida's bill on parental rights in the classroom and stopping some of the LGBTQ talk to young children and trying to put that into curriculum and allowing parents to have more say in the classroom. That's what we can do at the federal level. We already had the state of Georgia and the state of Arizona. And they tried it in the state of Pennsylvania. It didn't quite work. But some of the election bills, I saw the comment, what about voter ID laws? Yeah, we're working on that. And as we played with our our very own, my very own, Secretary of State Scott Schwab out of the state of Kansas here, uh, with some of the laws that we have in Kansas, other states are using that as the example of what to do in their own states. The state bill in Georgia after the 2020 election is identical to what we do here in Kansas. And the MLB, remember the Major League Baseball, they got angry. Oh, how dare you do that voter suppression? They pulled the All-Star Baseball game. They go to Colorado that already had it in place. It was already there. It's the same damn thing. They just weren't passing it there because it was already passed. So it's all political. We know it's all political. And this gun bill is nothing more than just being political to show that the Biden administration and Democrats did something going into election season. And while I don't like to politicize issues like shootings, it's already been politicized. The Democrats never let a crisis go to waste, right? They want to do something going into election season so they can campaign and say, look, we are able to curb mass shootings based on being able to pass this piece of legislation and with some Republicans' help. And Fox News is falling for it. And the moderate Republicans are falling for it. Oh, this is a great compromise. It's not going to do diddly squat for stopping or curbing gun violence in any way, shape, or form. On the other front here, because I said we were going to talk about something else other than just guns this show, and look, we're like three minutes left into the program, but hey. What's trending today? The other issue of the day, the Biden economic advisors say that, well, there's not much that they can do about inflation and that they haven't missed anything at all. They are on top of fighting for uh, and trying to lower inflation to get the economy back rolling again. And and what's the lesson of that? I don't think the White House missed much uh, at all in the following sense. We have a team, and I I know you're pushing in a different direction, but I I think looking forward, this is what's most important. We have a team of seasoned people here led by a president 
who believes that we have to do everything. We don't sit on our hands and hope that these forecasts for stable growth and inflation slowing down come true. I've never done more in my long career as a political economist to help on the economy supply side. I never thought about dwell times and containers in the ports. Head down, continue to do all we can to fight inflation. The fact that we have a, a highly competent group here working to do this is extremely different than just trying to spin things and say who got right what at what time. Our point is to move forward, do everything we can to help households, which includes, by the way, working with Congress. Do you sense the desperation? We never looked at the number of cargo containers. We never looked at the amount of barrels. We never used to look at that. We are experts. We are trained professionals here at the federal government, and we're going to stay on top of this. We didn't miss a thing with inflation. Now, that's after Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, came out and was like, well, you know, we were keeping an eye on it a year ago. It's not going to be that big of a deal. And now, oops, we made a mistake. It's actually way worse than what we had ever anticipated. But the Biden guys, while they're trying to, again, it's all political. It's all election talk right now. We didn't miss a thing. We're totally on top of the situation, which is why we've hit an 8.6% inflation rate and the highest inflation since 1981. It took what took uh, Jimmy Carter four years to do. It took Joe Biden a year and a half to do to get this record inflation rates in the country. So congratulations, buddy. Congratulations. You're on top of it. You know exactly what you're doing. Sure you are. Tomorrow, there's some more clips from Michael Moore that I think I do need to play, uh, not regarding just firearms, but just in general, that shows the mindset of the left right now that I think we really need to break down. So we'll do that. We have a lot of other things to get to, plus some numerous amount of guests we'll get to on the program throughout this week as well. Until then, be your own voice of reason. Fight this. We are in control right now because when they squirm, we notice it and we can actually... Uh, play off of that. So they're in the defense position. We're in the offensive position. Don't lose that. This is your show. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio tomorrow. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government censorship and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media.